once again and welcome to the podcast, The 60-Year-Old Student. Hello and welcome back to my podcast where I'm going to talk about what it's like to be a student back at university, well I say back, I never went in the first place, but at university at the grand old age of 60. I've got no plan, I don't know where this journey's taking me, I'm just getting started. Well, I feel like I'm just getting started in life. It's been a wonderful, wonderful experience, life-transforming experience. I came here through some crazy journey of a major upheaval in life, but life is remarkable, as I've said before. This is where I am, I'm gonna face it, and I'm going to take the journey through to the end and see where we go from there. (laughs) As you can hear, I'm stuck in my student room I've got uh, two shirts for my part-time job tomorrow uh, hanging on the microphone stand that I'm speaking into and the inevitable and obligatory police car or ambulance, God bless them, has just gone past. So it is what it is. It's a bit noisy, as you can hear. It's not a soundproof, isolated studio. And it's just me talking about my time at university. I wanted to touch today. They will start off with a problem or a situation that I've experienced in my life. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to say that it happens to everybody, but it certainly is something that I experienced and it's called ageism. As far as I'm concerned, ageism is alive and kicking in society. I've experienced it on many occasions. When I first was made redundant, I tried really, really hard to keep the ship going. All the bills paid everyone carrying along as normal, as best as I could. And while I was doing some side hustles and as much freelance work as I could possibly lay my hands on, I was applying for full-time work. Why wouldn't you? I just kept the CVs and the applications going out there and never revealed, as I'm I'm not enforced to, it's not mandatory to, uh, to disclose my age. And my CV was impressive. I didn't go as far back as uh, school qualifications because that would give it, be an indication of how old I am. Um, but I wasn't being deceptive either because CV should really be contained to no more than a sheet of A4. So I went back maybe the past 10 years. The most significant things I'd done, one of which was running my own business, which wasn't that bad at the time. Anyway, for the few interviews, well, let's say a handful of interviews that I did have It was patently obvious that the minute I walked through the door, faces dropped and they thought, you could see it written on their faces. Oh God, it's an old man. Why? And they'd look at their watches and the interviews were over very quickly. And I was back out on the street thinking, well, that was a great 35 odd quid in train fare to get up to London uh, for what was nothing more than a very polite chit chat without much meat on the bones and without going into too much depth, the obligatory question, you know, what what motivates you when you wake up in the morning, blah, 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 this usual old tosh, um, but really didn't dig very deep into who I was. And I think that is uh, quite a naive and, may I say, shallow approach. And it's not doing themselves uh, much of a service, it's doing their company and themselves a disservice in my opinion, because, you know, at my age, people like me, we've had not only a lifetime of experience, but we've had a lifetime of work experience. And where I was before, 
I was made redundant um, was a very, very high pressured place. I mean, dead, crippling deadlines. Campaigns and clients whose budgets were very, very large. So the pressure of expenditure and money was there and it affected young people. I used to see young people still behind their desks at eight or nine o'clock at night doing those silly little tricks of leaving a jacket hung over the back of their chair when they went home to create the illusion they're still at work. Um, but when the deadlines were on them and uh, things got really tough, at least I was able to, and I remember doing this on several occasions, I was able to say to them, you know, just focus on what you're doing. Don't worry about what the person next to you is doing. Just focus on the job in hand. Ultimately, the world keeps turning. No one's dying. No one's on an operating table. Okay, you're the cleverest of the clever because you're here in this company. And believe me, the decision to employ you was not made idly. You are very clever and creative young people. So focus on what you do best. You cannot go wrong. If you put your hand on your heart at the end of the day and say, we all say we gave it our best shot. Well, I can't see how we'd fail at meeting that deadline and getting it done. So I was able to bring, I think, a little measure of uh, calm into the situation by telling people how I'd been there before in similar situations. And boy, I've seen some over my life. But you get through somehow and the world keeps turning, as I said. So I think age does bring an experience into the room, which can be beneficial to younger people. And a wise old head in a young startup, I think, is probably a very good idea, something that employers should be aiming towards, even though the employer is probably half the age of the wise old head. doesn't matter. And there's a guy, I think, up in... Uh, he runs a company who owns a few top of restaurants up in London. I think they own something like the Caprice and the Woolsey. And I remember reading an article about him. And his philosophy was that he only does hire people over the age of 50 for certain roles because they come with a, maybe no extra grind, no chip on their shoulder. They're just a bit more relaxed. You know, they've come out at the end of their journey almost. And... Um, there's a lifetime of experience. There's a lifetime of meeting and engaging with other people from all stratas of society. How can that not be a beneficial thing to one's organisation? And then there was another thing, and I hope I'm not being too controversial by saying that, but I found myself on a handful of occasions being asked, being approached by young people um, to ask about career advice. Or life advice. And I found that very touching and quite heartwarming in a way. I mean, maybe it's something they couldn't uh, talk over with uh, a father or a, or, a, or a partner or maybe, you know, especially maybe not their uh, line manager or, or ultimate boss. But I was a colleague in the room and, you know, um, twice their age, maybe, let's say. And they'd approach me and say, listen, I'm, I'm really thinking of uh, applying for another job in another company or I've been approached or... Um, I'm really having a problem with what I'm doing um, here um, and, I, and I wonder if I can talk to you about it. And there were times when I took people out for lunch and treated them and let them tell me all about their issues or their thoughts or concerns and gave them some frank and honest advice as to how I feel maybe to, um, you know, just bide their time a little to see how they felt in a month's time or if their heart is really swayed and they have a passion for something, yeah, to, to, to go for it and to um, 
not so much throw caution to the wind, but to, to follow their heart, um, which is something sometimes which uh, I I'm, I'm, wouldn't advocate acting in a rash manner. But sometimes if you give something too long to dwell on, because maybe you're a bit risk averse or maybe you're a bit nervous about a new decision in life, that opportunity might go away. So I really tried to sort of balance everything that they were telling me and offer them some good advice, again, from experience. And it was kind of nice uh, to be thought of in that way and to be approached by these uh, young people who were quite nervous about it and quietly asked me on the side if they could, um, who'd quietly come up to me and and sort of nervously ask if they could uh, ask me a question or or, or maybe have some personal time to talk about something. So I think that's another positive effect you could have in an organisation by giving an older person a chance uh, to work within your organisation and not be so dismissive um, just owing to age. Because an older employee like myself, um, I'm not hungry for a career. I'm not going to be leaving within a year or less trying to climb up some ladder. I'd probably be more stable um, and sort of sit things out for a longer term, which is probably going to add a little more stability to the organisation, to the ballast of the ship. Anyway, I just wanted to sort of talk about that because it's something that I have experienced going up for interviews. It may be me, got unlucky, there may be something about me, my attitude that might reflect that or, or draw that from other people, I don't know. But looking at it from where I'm standing, I just think it's out there um, and alive and kicking in society. It'd be interesting to know if anyone else feels that way or has experienced similar incidences. But then when I was at my lowest ebb and wondering what on earth I could possibly do next in life, where I'm going to go from here, life is far from over and I'm far from spent. I've got so much energy and excitement about life and so many great ideas still, I think. Where do I go next? And somebody said, well, listen, why don't you apply to university? Why don't you go and read theology? It's something that you naturally gravitate towards in discussions or discourse. You've always been interested in these bigger questions of why we're here, not how we're here. Science can tell us how things originated, how things work, but I'm just as interested in the why, the philosophical questions. And they said, well, why don't you just go to university? And I thought it was the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. And you know, sometimes when somebody says, oh, I've got a great idea of something you could do. And believe me, I've heard that from other people before who have been quite benevolent, actually, and they've just come up with silly little condescending patronising ideas, you know, when they're in a good place. And they say, oh, I know what you could do. And they come out with some silly little joke. Um, And you think, okay, yeah, fair enough. You're in a good place. Well, you know, good luck on the way up because I'll see you on the way down, you know. (laughs) Anyway, but this person said, I've got a great idea. This is another person, much nicer. Um... Go to university. Um, You can still apply because you're not quite 60 yet and you can still get the student finance. And I thought it was the most ridiculous idea ever. And it made me a bit angry because I thought, oh, no, come on. I was expecting something more than that. But I went to bed that night and woke up in the morning with a fire in my belly because it suddenly became the best idea I've heard. And what an amazing thing to think about. Why didn't I think of it? And I thought, well, look, hang on, you know, every single door that I have walked towards for the past five years has closed in my face and remained firmly closed. 
I mean, forget networking and people you met while you were at work and people who you might have known or befriended in the industry. It was a desert out there. The tumbleweed was blowing down the street. So anyway, I applied through UCAS through the website and I had to write an accompanying letter as to why I want to go to university. And I did. Uh, it was my thinking and uh, interest in the uh, modern conversation about the universe, the, the high probability that, the, that we are, and within the universe, we're in a computer simulation. I kind of love that argument. The fact that, yes, we could be in a computer simulation, but, you know, who wrote that computer simulation? You know, it can't be a regressive argument that regresses back into infinity. Maybe we have to think along those Aristotelian lines that there has to be a first cause, an unmoved mover. Well, if there is a first cause, what is the origin of the code for that simulation? I won't go into too much of that now because I'm thinking so much and writing so much on that subject, I'll save it for another podcast. Anyway, I'll out outline these ideas and blow me down, I got a very quick answer offering me an unconditional place. I, di I didn't even have to go along and show up and attend an interview. But then I thought the same thing. Hang on, hang on, don't get too excited. You've got to go and get your student finance worked out because I do not have a thing in life anymore. I had, you know, minimal, minimal savings, nothing, no home, you know, nothing. I've got uh, the bits that I own are in storage, which is, you know, another monthly expense I won't go into. But um, wait, you know, don't get too excited because doors have a habit of closing in your face but very very quickly after the very simple application on student finance online i got another yes an acceptance a door opened two doors opened one from the university one through student finance let's say a door opened for an opportunity in life and i thought to myself am i doing the right thing is this the right way to go but what a fool i would be if I did not walk through a door that had just opened to me after years and years and years and years of having doors just being closed, suddenly a door was open. I'd be a fool not to walk through it. So I took the plunge and okay, here I am. And this wonderful place with my life transforming as I speak through education through taking myself out of my comfort zone, fixed mindset, and learning things that I'd never known of before, and having that learning then shape my current thinking. The combination is such that my thinking has gone off the scale, and I'm coming up with what I think are really interesting ideas, which I hope to push forward and, um, and nurture. Mm -hmm.